Hi, this is Carlos Delgado, one half of the Power Post Game Report. Thank you very much for listening to our show. What's up, world? You are now listening to another episode of the Power Post Game Report, where we talk about all things power. We are here to discuss episode six of season one of book four, All the Numbers, Force. I, of course, am one half of your host, Triple D, and with me, as always, is... This is Carlos D. How you doing, sir? Can't complain. Another weekend. How about yourself? Indeed. I also cannot complain. Um, and I, I actually have, surprisingly, no complaints. For real, for real. Um, a little bit. I'm lying. I'm lying. I have a little bit of complaints. But in the grand scheme of things, I am very, very pleased with this episode. Um, this is, of course, like I said, episode six. This is who we are. Um, what are your, how, how you feeling? What do you think about this particular episode? I mean, it was kind of blah to me. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think it was like bad, but I just like nothing was happening. Like it was, I felt like it was just like a set of string of just kind of like filler. It was, it was kind of a filler episode to me. Like I don't, I didn't really get anything excitement out of it. I really found myself like intrigued by what was going on. Um, but you seem to have had a different uh, opinion. So, um, I'm not gonna disagree with. with your you know i can't i can't speak on how you got to that point but i could totally understand it um this is the episode that's supposed to happen when you go through with the previous episode and then you take a week or two off um because yes compared to last week i i could definitely understand the blah statement um it's definitely a lot slower but I feel like a lot of things were kind of put in motion in this particular episode, which had you taken a little bit of a break after last week, I think this episode, I don't know, and this is just me guessing, I think this might have hit your palate a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, uh, I could totally, I, again, I totally understand why after last week's episode and then going right into this, I could see why, you know, I could I could definitely understand the, the blah statement. Yeah. Um, There's just a lot of future building, um, mm-hmm. you know, we always get, we always you can't get to the payoff without the building of it. So, I mean, sometimes you just got to live with episodes where they're just building, 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 as opposed to really any payoffs. And I just think this was one of those episodes. It was just kind of setting up a lot of stuff, but uh, just it was no wow factor to it. And maybe they just kind of let down from last week where they had more of an excitement episode and a little, more, a little bit more action. Uh, so that's probably just what it is. I'm not saying it was bad, but it was just kind of like, mm, it didn't move yeah. me in any type, any particular way. I feel you. I feel you. Not a big wow. A lot of, you know, kind of let's move this story along. Mm-hmm. There were a few things that they, they did slightly, I don't know, you know. I think that's going to be my issue, at least with this first season. Um, as we speculated last week, uh, they were, in fact, renewed for mm-hmm. another season. Um, so hopefully they, they tighten up on some of this some of the pacing issues that they have uh, come next season. Um but that being said, you ready to dive in, sir? Yeah, let's get it, man. All right. So this episode starts off with, again, and I think I, I hopefully this is an ongoing thing, um, repercussions and dealing with them and not just kind of kicking them off to the side. Uh, we get Claudia dealing with her, with the repercussions of her actions in killing Mai, um, who we find out was apparently an orphan, which I guess is supposed to from Tommy's standpoint, sort of soften the blow that no one's going to be looking for her. But clearly this is my, I mean, excuse me, this is Claudia's first body body. And, um, I like the fact that Tommy didn't just hit her with the, I'll take care of it. He's like, Nope, you going to pick up a shovel and you go help me dig. Um, but I, I did enjoy that touch and, um, it'll make even more sense once we get to the end of the episode. But, uh, I thought there was a, this was a nice little opening point. Um, what did what did you think about the opening scene? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just kind of. I mean, I don't know why she calls Tommy. Um, I, mean, I guess I guess I do know she wants to keep her family out of her business and explaining why she had to kill my would have, I guess I have to explain all the other stuff. But you think somebody who has been in a family like hers would have more people in disposal to call on to uh, kind of get rid of a body other than some dude you known for about two weeks? Uh, so just Tommy's involvement with these people's lives is just overly too deep for somebody they barely know when they're supposed to be career criminals. Their entire mm-hmm. lives is criminal and they're just too trusting of a guy that they barely met when they know the FBI is after them. They know other people in law enforcement are after them. So I, I'm always hesitant to see how Tommy is so involved with these people so quickly. 
Um, but I, you know, I think it was good lesson. He made her do her own dirty work. He didn't just kind of take responsibility of it. How they got that body out of that building, we'll never know. It's irrelevant. Um, but it was a cool opening scene. It was good to see that she um, is not just a, a cold-hearted killer. Like she has some feelings about the fact Maya is killed. It's not something she wanted to do, but she realizes it's a part. And Tommy explains as a part of this game, this is just kind of consequences of that action. And if she really want to be deep in it, this may be something that she had to do this time and may have to do in the future. Um, so it was, it was a cool opening scene. I hear that. I think to kind of touch on what you spoke about as far as like her not having um, some goons that are disposable. I think that falls more into her father really like doing everything he can to keep her out of that aspect of the life. Mm -hmm. um, he She doesn't have access because up until this point, she's never had to have access to that, that particular part of uh, that particular branch of the family business quotation marks. Um, but again, you know, um, I'm right there with you. Uh, just, Tommy also on top of, you know, having her get her hands dirty and take part in this, um, not being a cold hearted bastard and just be like, you want to say some words and um, perfect transition into just saying, say goodbye. Uh, we have to go into saying goodbye to Elijah and Simon, uh, which I thought was a very nice transition, uh, very well done and poignant. Um, I Just. I don't know, just like the writers could have done a better job of Jannard getting his little dig in. He, you're standing right over the casket. Like that could have been like a slight, a three second, not even three, a five second off the off the, the funeral ground scene. You know, you don't have to whisper that like right at the gravesite to get the point across. Like we know, we know Diamond feels guilty about this. And we know Jannard's hurting about this. That just seemed like a tad bit much just to have that scene end out with, you know, it being as, you know, honoring and tranquil as it was. Mm -hmm. um, how did you feel about that? And go ahead and go into to Simon's um, farewell with uh, Polly and um, our father of the year. Uh, yeah. I thought they yeah. could have said the little comment for uh, the because Diamond and, and Jay have a later discussion and um, they could have been more better about that. I don't think he would have. I mean, I know he's hurt. That was his right hand man. But I don't think that at his funeral or at his casket, he'd be making kind of negative comments or saying this is Tommy's fault at that time. Uh, so it didn't play. It didn't really play real. Um, I think they should have saved it for later. Um, and then I think Simon got a nice memorial uh, for a character yeah. we barely knew. Yeah. Uh, mustache had a lot of nice words about him. Um, I don't understand how they both been friends since they was three years old. Because Simon looks a lot older too than uh, <laughs> he does than Junior. So when he saw that, I was like, what? These two have been friends? Maybe, you know, Simon was 15 and Junior was three. Uh, but there's no chance they they, were, they are like the same age. He looks way older than him. Or maybe he just lived a hard, heavy life. Uh, but it, he said some nice things. And then um, Claudia kind of tells the dad he needs to talk to him. And the dad, no, I think Claudia was going to go talk to him. And the dad was like, no, I got this. Sometimes a, a, a son needs to cry on his father's shoulder. But he did nothing comforting. He said <laughs> Complete nothing. Complete okey-doke. Right. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, this just shows that Senior just has a real disconnect from his children. And maybe it's just because he's an older guy. Like, I don't know how the actor is in real life, but, I'm, you know, he's in his 50s, 60s. Maybe it's just a generational thing um, where nowadays, if a, a, you know, parents are just much more caring and comforting um, than they used to be. So I, I'm just going to knock out the generation. But he does nothing to comfort his children. Um, all. It's all negative. It's all, all. But he wants this, like, undying loyalty from them but does nothing to give any type of love or appreciation. It's all just negative, negative, negative. So, um, and, and, and even in his son's darkest moment, if this really is his friend since he was three years old, um, you think he would be a little bit more confident, but I guess it's just not in the singer to do that. So. Yeah, indeed. Father of the year, Walter Flynn, uh, literally kicks his son while he's down, as you, as you stated. And it was just like, with the setup, like you said, where he tells Claudia, like, no, nah, I got this. I'll, I'll talk to him. And yeah, he pretty much just like, don't talk to him till I get a chance to spit in his face. Right. You know, you can, you can comfort him afterwards, but I got to get this jab in because from his point of view, like your brother's been being a dick, even though your, you know, father Flynn has been the ultimate dick since episode one. Um, but while he was horrible father to his son, he was actually a decent friend to Polly in that scene where he's just like, Hey man, like it, you know, just 
I, I, I kind of, I slightly appreciated that. Like Father Flynn is the worst, but like him kind of like caring about Polly and, and knowing his situation with his son. I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, any, anything on that particular point before we move on? Uh, nah, I, I don't know. I don't have anything to say about it. Um, I, I, I do, we do learn something about them that I didn't realize until just now. I didn't know they were brothers-in-laws. Um, yeah. The cop yeah. says it later when they, you know, we'll get to that scene eventually. Um, even though it was a quick scene. Um, but the cop says that, I mean, they identified as his brother-in-law and I did not know that. I don't think yeah. he just kind of like raped him in or had been down in the family business for a long time together. Um, but that's an interesting dynamic because um, he doesn't really treat them like an uncle. The no. kids, I mean. Um, so it's not even in his interaction with his children or those two kids that you would think they were like a familial bond. It made it seem like it's just kind of like a, a business relationship. Um, so I wonder why they haven't really dig deeper into his connection with those two kids. If they, if he really is their uncle, even if he's their uncle by marriage, you would think uh, still. Yeah. I hadn't picked up. On, well, I picked up on the revelation, but I never would have gathered that from what we've seen. And part of it is, I think do important to like, I don't think Paulie and Vic share the screen un after that first initial meeting with Tommy, mm -hmm. where like, you're not even thinking about this that far ahead, but I don't think they're on the same in the same scene after that. Um, and he's definitely, I don't think in the same scene with Claudia. So I never would have guessed that that's kind of their uncle. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but I thought that was an interesting touch. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess we'll, you know, this also, this scene also kind of gives a little bit more uh, to Walter's fading health and Claudia paying a bit closer attention. Uh, of course, we'll find out later that Vic is kind of, he's either in denial or he's just like, he's bought his dad's selling of he's fine. And he's like, he's not really thinking about it that much. Mm -hmm. He's just trying uh, to set up his bronchitis. Right. Um, and, I, you know, if somebody has a history of having a, a you know, the sniffles a certain time of the year, I can see why he might just think it is. Cause they make it seem like this is a daily, not a daily, a yearly thing. Every year he gets bronchitis, he feels a little messed up and then he bounces back. Um, but, and that's another thing. Like, why is he, and I think, I don't remember if it was, we already saw the scene, but there's a scene where Paulie kind of tells him, you know, you need to start letting your kids know what's going on as far as his health. I think it's a later scene when he, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there, but that's another part of it's just not any type of loving atmosphere. If my kids were sick, you know, I don't have any kids, but if I had kids, and they were sick, I would want them to know so we can kind of help each other. Or I can kind of get them prepared for my life being over. But he seems to be kind of just in this funnel where he doesn't want anybody to know anything about it. He doesn't care that they won't not maybe not be prepared for his death. And it's just going to be what it's going to be. Um, so this just kind of leads back to him kind of being a dick. That's just kind of his personality. So I guess it's always going to be regardless of anything that happens. Indeed, indeed. So this excuse me, this gives way to the next scene, which is the immediate termination of the super pact, <laughs> which I thought was like, damn, like y'all couldn't go a week before y'all right. terminated this. And, Obviously, and this is both. makes no sense, though. Another yeah, th thing that made no sense because they knew they were going to attack the Serbs. They knew they was going to be in a battle with the Serbs. So why just because people died in a fight would they terminate a partnership? Uh, so that, that, as soon as I saw the scene coming in, I was like, okay, I get it. They, they're going to do it. Uh, but it made no sense and from my point of view. I didn't understand why the partnership will be terminated when they had been successful in the mission. So God knows on, uh, who knows, but what do you think of him? My bad. I, I, I mean, didn't cut you off. no, 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 you're good. You're good. Cause I was on the same page, but the, like this further cemented that during the making of this. And cause I, I feel like the. I'm pretty sure the second season I, I'm I'm going out on a limb and saying that the second season will be paced better um, only because I feel like once once the second season of a series through this power verse quotation marks gets greenlit, the second season is usually a bit better paced. Um, I feel like the we're going to get some crazy shenanigans at the end of the season because I feel like they were still operating under the pressure of we don't know if we're getting a second season. Because I feel like we're going to have this false kind of finite finish to the first season because they genuinely didn't know until this week that they were getting a second season. Because, you know, you got to film this and, pro and produce this way in advance. Um, so I got to this more so than anything, because it's like what we were talking about last week. A lot of these moves are happening at the pace of like we're not getting chance. We're not really getting real time to marinate with it because. 
again, my my suspicions that they didn't know if they were going to get a second season. Um, but yeah, I was right there with you. I was like, damn, like they really didn't know because they ended this pack literally right after it, it started. And it's like, it's a clean cut, but we didn't get chance to, we didn't get a chance to really explore what could have happened while that pact was intact after they made this initial move. Um, but in the process of that, I appreciate that Gennard was being to a degree professional, um, but also real. It was like, Hey man, we, you know, we, we lost people, which I appreciate Tommy just stating the obvious that like, yo, what did you get in the game for? Like I I'm, I'm assuming you had to have lost people before I got to Chicago. Now, if you were running a perfect record where no one was dying on your team, that's amazing. Then by all means, get rid of me. But like, this is the game. This is the life. You know what I'm saying? To, to fall, to, to kind of back out out of that after this is kind of backwards. Cause like once you, you, you raised the hammer against the Serbs, once you decided you were going to get into it, it's like, you can't just walk away from it. But we do find out later that, uh, Gennard's a very, very smart man. Um, anything on that, on, on pretty much Tommy's dismissal with um, him agreeing to the terms of uh, getting the rest of his bricks bought. So I, I guess now he's officially out of the, the Coke game. Um, obviously he has his backup. Anything on that before we, we move on to the the CBI brothers talk? No, no. I mean, he took it very well. I'll, I'll say that, that. Like he didn't really fight with him. Um, didn't argue with him. Um, you know, and he gave up all his profits and all the things he was entitled to even though he helped them clear up the Serb pipeline, but it is what it is. Um, so let's move on to the brothers and there. Looks like they're reunited. You know, maybe yeah. Tommy was the, the, the thorn in their side. Yeah. Before we get to that, we do have to talk about uh, the, at least on the service level, the mutual respect between Gennard and Vic. Um, Vic being like, hey man, like, are we still good after this? Like, long as y'all stay in y'all territory and we go back to stand to ours, we're good. But, the added, the added dialogue of Gennard being like, hey, man, kind of giving respect. Like, I see what you're trying to do. And if you actually want to go through with it and be your own guy, this is the way to do it. And like kind of giving him, I don't necessarily want to say his blessing, but like just paying him his props. Like you want to be your own guy. And I, if no one else gets that in this room, Gennard gets it because he had no choice. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about that exchange? Uh, I'm I didn't really think too much of it. I thought, you know, I thought they had already known each other from the past, and I know they because they weren't they working on that deal with those yardies together, so supposedly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think that you know. I think it is good that he's giving the guy his props. You know, letting him know he's getting out of his dad's shadow. Um, but I didn't really think much of it in in, in the moment um, because he still made it clear they weren't working together. Because uh, he, he, you know, it wasn't as they just kicked Tommy out of the partnership and kept it going. Uh, it seems like the partnership is totally null and void from all points. So at this point, they risk all this future drama with the Serbs for no reason. Um, up, the only people that have seen to have benefited out of it, CBI. CBI got a new Serbian pipeline. They just seem to be the only ones working on it. And then uh, Tommy got to get rid of his 10 keys, which he would have probably found a way to get rid of anyway. Um, so I don't know what Vic gained from it other than another enemy. And we, we see that later on in, in this episode. If that is truly who did what, that, what happened. I feel like... And I could be, I don't know, I might be doing the work from, I feel like they split the product they, that they stole from the Serbs. I think. I, was, I didn't know they even stole any product. Yeah. I thought they just was killing them to send that message. Yeah, I remember, because I remember um, Diamond mentioning the Serb Pipeline's product. Okay. So, and I, I could be I could be wrong. I, I'm not 100% sure. But um, we get a brief scene back at the, at the Tommy Cave. Uh, Liliana's a writer. Um, they have a mo they you know, they had the option to take the money and dip. Um, Tommy's ready to go in on the Dahlia uh the Dahlia crypto drug currency. Um and he gives her the option. He's like, yo, you can take this money and dip if you want, but as I said, Liliana's a writer. And she's like, Well, I'm gonna be starting from square one anyway, so I might as well invest in this mm-hmm. because you believe in it. Um, yeah, and this is another l- person who's in love with not money per se, um, but the life. But the life, you know. Granted, half of three hundred eighty thousand dollars is not going to set her up for the rest of her life, but she could probably go somewhere and chill and live, you know, casually for quite a while or for 
you know, right. 170,000 or whatever it was. Um, but she double dipped because all like she like they make it known all Tommy knows is this, all she seems to know is this. Um, and they seem to be more addicted to the dealing and in the hustling as opposed to what comes from that. Um, so that's just her mindset as well. I mean, that's why that's why I guess why they are such good friends. Yeah. Uh, so now that she's a part a part investor, Tommy goes to meet up with Claudia, and um, he's work. He pretty much pitches his plan for distribution. Uh, first, he's got to find some distros first. I mean, he already, he already has clearly two in mind, uh, but he has to figure out how he's going to get the product to them, which he already has a plan, and uh, it's going to be using lockers in a. It was like a modern, well, what was it like a, it's uh, like a convention pop, center? Yeah, something like that. And this plan, obviously, he, you know, Tommy's been in the game for a while, but my first thought was like, this is a lot like uh, Braden's plan from book two, where they use a false wall. And necessarily, obviously, it's, it's a bit different, but like these um, uncontacted drops, mm-hmm. well, these unconnected drops, where it's like, you get a key here. Uh, I'll let you know when to go get it and you pick it up and, and do your thing. But first he's got to kind of put the feelers out, uh, which I thought was a really, really good plan. Um, but obviously he, he's been doing this forever. Uh, what did you think about that scene? I mean, I think it was cool. Um, I'm, I'm starting to question what Claudia brings to the table long-term. Uh, she, he's the, he's in charge of the distribution. Uh, the, he, they, she gave them access to, the person who makes the drugs. So I don't understand why we need Claudia in this situation. At, at some point she becomes redundant. She's not really bringing anything. She was supposed to bring the drugs, but she let Tommy and Liliana know where the lab is and meet the chemist. So I'm, I'm, I'm again confused as to why this partnership needs to exist. Um, and I think in a real world, Tommy would just be plotting this plan to get rid of her, especially just nobody knows their partners other than them. Um, but, you know, sometimes Paul, Tommy has his uh, undying loyalty to people who he's in business with. So maybe that's just kind of what it is. But that's all I could think about this scene. I was like, why do we need her again? Well, I mean, once they get their hands on the chemist, I totally agree. He he has all the people up until this point, you know, because he doesn't get his hands on the chemist until later. Um, I think he needed all those pieces and he needed to know what went into it. Um, but I think he's. You're absolutely right. He doesn't necessarily need her, but I think he's going to, if he does get rid of her at beforehand, he has to get access to her connects. Like, and we see how he does Reggie later on, but like, but I what think connects he, does she have? Like well, he, he said, doesn't know yet. Father's isolated her from the business. He knows her father's isolated her from the business. She makes it even known in this conversation that we need to keep, anything dealing with her family outside of this process. They don't need to know anything about it. Right. But I feel like up until she has anything that really she brings to the table. Well, at this point in the episode, he, he doesn't know where the chemist is. Yeah. Like at this point in the episode, like obviously once he gets her later, then it's like, okay, all bets are off. Cause he has everything he needs. But at this point in the episode, he doesn't have that. Um, because he knows nothing about, you know, how it's made. And, um, he remember because he had Liliana try to break it down, but like up until this point, he still needed that last piece. Um, so while this is going on, she gets a quick call, or yeah, she gets a phone call, and the family front is under fire. Apparently, they run a dialysis company to kind of help clean the money, and it's being raided by the FBI. Um, and again, father of the year, he does everything to keep her out of that part of the life. All she's supposed to do is cook the books, which is what she does. But the moment that things go sideways on that particular lane, he's kind of chopping her down because to his degree, she was supposed to be at her desk at all times, which I was just like, damn, you really pushing this whole, the sexism and the just belittling of your daughter on top of your son. And it's just like, you, you, he does, he has, no real idea at this point because he finds out later uh, just how much your kids have kind of lost respect for you. Like you don't have the grip on them that you think that you have um, anything on, on this, you know, the, the rating of the office and him disrespecting the federal agents. No, no, no. I mean, that's the standard procedure. So, I mean, I think you summed it up pretty well. Um, 
and you know the, the fact that you think he would want to know something about the, the front though because he couldn't even open right. the computer to get him yeah. what they wanted if she didn't show up what would we have done uh, so, right um, I, you know, we need to learn a little bit more but maybe just computer illiterate some older people are right so while this is going on we get CBI the brothers damn I forgot what uh what their actual la- Samson the brothers Samson seemingly back on one accord this was a really good scene. This was a really well-placed scene and well-acted scene mm-hmm. where Gennard seemed to be seemingly happy that Tommy's out of the picture. Um, works on getting back on one accord with Diamond and comes up with a brilliant plan of like, okay, we granted the Serbs don't directly know we were involved. At some point, they're going to come knocking. So let's go ahead and stash... Use our 1% to stash a rainy day fund for the day that they do show back up. And while he was, this was a brilliant plan, all I kept thinking was, is he actually going to fall through with it? Or is he going to snag, you know, like kind of steal that money and use it to his plan to further get Diamond out? Um, Truthfully, while this scene was going on, I didn't know whether or not he had kind of given up that, uh, that dream of kicking Diamond out. And kind of conform to like, okay, we'll be partners in this. Mm-hmm. Um, because Diamond was giving him all the props genuinely. Like, that's why I needed you. That's why, you know, you're the brains of this. Um, what did you think of that? That go that back and forth? Yeah, I think they, I think without E, I don't think his pain really exists anymore. Um, but, you know, I could be wrong. Uh, because there's still a lot of people in CBI from what they talk. You know, you don't really see a lot of CBI members in the show. Well, from what they talk about, it's kind of split. There are a lot of people still loyal to him, and I think with E's back, and he would have had a better chance of kind of pulling it off. And I think now with E gone, uh, it may be twofold: one, it, it weakens his plan because he doesn't have that extra support, but also made him maybe made him realize how life is short, and is it really worth beefing over your brother who you love uh, for something that you never really wanted to begin with? You know, he even in the late in this episode, he talks about he should have been in the Ivy League as opposed to you know kind of handling this business. Uh, so maybe that just kind of opened his eyes to it. I mean, long term, we'll see because he looked deranged. Um, I think he shot at Tommy at the end of the last episode and he burnt the truck. Um, but he's putting on a good front if he still if his plan is still to overthrow his brother because uh, everything seemed cool and cordial um, from this conversation and their interactions throughout this episode in general. Indeed, indeed. Um, meanwhile, back to the Flynn estate. Father Flynn has blacked out banged his head on a table or a corner or something. And this scene was pretty quick, but um, it's one, it's two things. It's Pauly being a, a stand-up brother-in-law um, and uncle and just wanting the kids to know what's going on with their father and feeling that they have a right to know. And Walter Flynn just being a stubborn old man. Mm-hmm. This one, it, this one hit me because it's just like with where I work and family members um, and us being a part of a generation where we meet you and I, that is um, are a bit more cognizant of health and, you know, talking things out and not trying to just be uh, the quote unquote classic version of man toughness or manly, you know, manly toughness. It was like, nah, like you, you got to take care of yourself. If And if you're not going to take care of yourself, Someone needs to know because all it took was for this scene to go a completely left direction where Polly comes in and Flynn is not waking up um, and, and, you know, just not doing better about taking care of ourselves and not being overly macho about it. It's like that was dangerous on his part, to especially especially to just kind of brush Polly off. Um, how did you feel about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's weird. I think Paulie's just kind of being, um, trying to be comforted. And uh, so apparently their mother must have died from type of some type of illness too. Cause he's like, you know, should they really have to go through this twice? Uh, but you know, the dad is a jackass. He just keep doing the same thing he's always done. He doesn't really seem to be overly interested in doing anything other than what he thinks is the right thing to do. Um, so talking to him is kind of like just talking to a, a brick wall. Uh, I don't think nobody can change him. Um, nothing seems to phase him if it's not a part of the plan that will pay that he set out. Um, so I don't think, I think all these talks, all these things are just kind of for not when it comes to the dad. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to change with any different. 
Indeed, indeed. Quick scene, not much to really go on in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get Jannard recruiting D-Mac to, to pretty much tail Tommy. Um, initially, we find out D-Mac, he's got a little bit of substance to him, but more so as like he's more of a knucklehead than um, we initially thought because he thought that the, the money was to take Tommy out um, as if he could ever really get the drop on Tommy. Mm-hmm. But um, he's now tasked with uh tailing and babysitting tommy to see what's going on with him um he's a businessman any anything anything on that for real for real no i was quick seeing Uh uh-huh so moving right along we get to the our surveillance uh date as it as it kind of came about this was our little bit of um i guess you could say our our humor of the Mm -hmm. episode uh we get tommy and claudia out in the car, kind of scoping and watching through the eyes of uh, Liliana's uh, cell phone. And um, just them just kind of scouting out this location, coming up with their plan, um, clocking the, the security or lack mm-hmm. thereof. And uh, we get we get two, to me, two funny things. Uh, Tommy genuinely thinking that the monorail at Disneyland goes all the way to Europe, mm-hmm. which I don't know why. Maybe I was tired off of Daylight Savings Time, but that was hilarious to me. Um, and a suit, this this interesting, interesting suit with a little with a splash of an accent flip. Uh, what did you think of that scene? And go, go ahead and go into it. I mean, so so this scene to me was like a, a thing that was like a lot of filler to me. Like I, I get it, the, the point of it is to kind of show how the how the opera, operation works, um, but I think it was really just to show Tommy and Claudia kind of bonding more, kind of similar to what we've done with Liliana, where they just kind of get to know each other better. They're spending some time together. They're learning some kind of funny things about each other. But it took up a lot of screen shot, a lot of screen time for something that didn't really have any ultimate payoff. Uh, I think they could have just explained the operation to us. Uh, instead of having to show like every single detail of it um so it just came off as filler to me like they were just trying to get this episode to a, to a certain length so they gave this long drawn out scene that could have really been taken care of a, a lot quicker uh so it did have some funny moments i think that was the point to have some some levity in it to have some bonding moments between um some of the characters um but i didn't really take a lot out of it um i think I, I, while I get where you're coming from, especially on the, the uh, sort of the the, the 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 notion of it being a bit filler, um, I was kind of okay with this filler, as opposed to uh, there's another scene that I felt went uh, kind of unnecessarily long, uh, which we'll get to later. Uh, but I'm right there with you. It did serve as kind of a bit more building the relationship between not just them two but the three of them uh but we also do get a little bit of flirting between claudia and tom uh, thomas wow tommy um but also on top of that i think one of the things that i i liked about this scene was that in all these seasons of between this and ghost um someone finally puts a little bit a tiny bit of respect on james st patrick's name where Tommy just kind of was like, look, my, my partner used to wear suits like that. He didn't wear suits like that. That was, I don't know what was going on with that suit jacket. But, um, you know, my he was like, my partner used to wear suits and tailored suits like this all the time and, you know, clean up really nice. And we get Claudia just kind of giving him a little props like, okay, like you clean up pretty well. So I think that's a little bit of foreshadowing to we're going to get Tommy probably in a few more suits and slightly dipping into the ghost kind of persona. Uh, well, not necessarily persona, but the James St. Patrick um, kind of lane where he can, he can quote unquote do both, um, which, you know, we'll see. Uh, one of the things that I did kind of think was interesting because I was, I was wondering how he was going to play the cops. Um, and like, he still got a bit of that New York accent, but he, he tweaks it just a little bit um, just to make it passable, which I thought, that was I thought that was a pretty decent scene. Um, any other like little thoughts, tidbits on that before we move on? Uh, no, nah, not on that one. Okay. So while this is going on, we get well, yeah, and kind of in the midst of this conversation, uh, Claudia has. Well, no, Claudia is being blown up by Reggie because he he wants more of the product, and um, while they're in the process of recruiting distros, she mentions Reggie. And Tommy's like, nah, 
um, between the three of us, everyone else outside of this triangle, I almost said circle, everybody outside of this triangle starts from ground one. So Reggie, if you really about him, one, he starts from ground one, two, he ain't getting nothing right now because I don't know him and we don't know exactly what he's capable of. These other two I've delivered to, even though he didn't say it directly, I've dealt with personally and I know they're actually about their business. Um, anything about that particular conversation and going it and going into um, his luring in of the of the two distros, um, chop shot, um, chop shop auntie, and uh, the Jewish butcher, because they haven't really been given names fully just yet. Mm-hmm. I, I'm no, not really. I mean, we see that she keeps trying to bring him up throughout the course of this episode, um, but you know, I. I I agree with Tommy. Like, okay, you know some people, but if you if you could handle this on your own, you wouldn't need me. You came to me for a reason, so you need to kind of follow my path. Um, and I think she, you know, she seemed to be agreeable to it. Okay. So we get our new distros kind of invited. They've both been given a sample of uh, Dahlia. And I thought it was... it. <laughs> A little on the nose, but I, I didn't hate it too much. The touch of kind of having them both literally kind of being there at the exact same time, but not knowing, uh, clearly not knowing who the other person was. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was a nice little, little interesting sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while this is going on, uh, Polly gets tapped by the feds. Uh, the feds run up on Polly while he's, well, they pull him over. And I like this was probably like one of the most accurate sort of um, law enforcement scenes where they 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 press him out. You know, they pull him over, but they press they press him out and Polly stays stays solid. But they don't you know, they don't try to give him the runaround and be like, well, you have to stay here. It was like Polly was like, yeah, you don't have anything. You're not going to get anything and just pulls off on him. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that scene? I mean, so this is more different than how they do in the book, too, where every time they talk to the cops but because they deal with, like, kids. Paulie's a seasoned veteran. He knows about this stuff. Um, he knows that what he does and doesn't have to talk to. And he basically blowing them off. He was like, uh, not going to happen. Uh, this family, uh, you know, family is too tough to be kind of taken out. Um, and I'm definitely not the one that's going to be able to do it. Um, so this is also what we learned that he's his brother-in-law, um, which is a, a, a separate caveat. Uh, but I think... And I think uh, they're going to definitely use the son in some type of way to get him to kind of cooperate. Because um, they, they also mentioned kind of his son or junior, senior message's his son um, in the earlier scene when they were at the funeral. He was like, you know, it's not too late for your kid. So I think they're definitely going to use his kid as some type of means to get him the role. Um, but this scene was a quick scene uh, and it shows the difference between a seasoned person dealing with the police and those college kids who deal with the police a lot differently if you if you listen to book two or if you watch book two. Indeed, indeed. So, meanwhile, back at uh, the Flynn residence, uh, Vic ain't. <laughs> Vic is over it. Vic don't care no more. Vic has had his fill. Uh, Papa Flynn or Flynn Senior is trying to task Vic with tailing Claudia to find out what's going on with her. She she hasn't been as present as she normally is, and he wants to know what's going on. Vic does not give a damn. He dismisses that that uh that task immediately mm-hmm. it was like yeah it's not my job anyway i'm bringing my girl go ahead i said yeah and he kept it moving yep he's like I, I don't care about none of that me and my girl are coming to are coming to sunday dinner so um yeah i just want to give you a heads up before you put your order in with the chef that we got another person coming uh father flynn still clearly on his his racism mm-hmm. his isms and uh again vic planting his toes even deeper like yeah whatever um again i I could care less about the claudia thing and i damn sure don't care which how you feel about her um set another table set another place at the table for me and my girl because we coming and we're gonna be hungry uh how did you feel about uh vic fully standing up to his father in regards i think think it's cool to see (laughs) but if i'm global i don't think this is like something i want Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't want i'd rather you get away from your horrible family than to subject me to their horrible treatment of me. Because even if he do let her come to dinner, you know what ain't going to be nothing but shots at her, negative comments, or, or nasty looks and nasty interactions. So whenever I hear anybody who um, are dating people or 
trying to or who have people and they know their family is either racist, sexist, whatever the isms are. I hate when they instead of taking themselves outside of that family, which is the appropriate thing to do, uh, because family or not, I'm not I'm not letting my family be racist and sexist and, and homophobic. It's me still family or friends, and still me still interacting with them. Um, so I I just hate when people kind of instead of leaving this negative behavior, they try to subject their partner to being forced on these people who clearly don't want them. Um, but it's good that he stood up for his for his woman finally. You know, we don't know how long they've been dealing with each other as, as far as the course of the show, but it took six episodes for him to really say, fuck you, dad, basically, I'm bringing her, and what you gonna do about it? Indeed, indeed. Uh, from there, we get the scene, that another scene that kind of further cemented, like, they really didn't know if they were gonna get a second season, like, genuinely. Um, because this scene kind of, it was a good scene, but damn if it didn't come out of nowhere. Uh, we've already had the brothers, uh, the brothers Samson have a talk, a little heart to heart. We now have the brothers Egan with a little quick heart to heart, uh, where in the midst of all this, we might as well go ahead and get that out the way. Uh, D-Mac boldly peering into this house in broad daylight, uh, makes the connection that Tommy, the guy he's been tasked to follow and possibly kill one day, uh, knows his father. Mm -hmm. um i'm i'm assuming he doesn't know that they're brothers or uh you know his hearing can't it. be that yeah. good i thought he heard anything they were saying he could just sleep right but there was a connection mm -hmm. and that was all he needed to be like yeah no i'm out yeah um There's but another thing to me where they just kind of forcing jp in this episode yeah and and again like i said the pacing the pacing even more and more the pacing is that of writers who don't know if they're going to get to get to this in another season or two because this is this is easily a season two development um but they're like nah jp wants in on the drug game mm -hmm. no reserves uh no second thoughts about it they you know they just wrote him to be officially down like not even being surprised that tommy was a drug dealer um given his own personal past but like mm -hmm. oh shit you move weight okay let me, let me get in on that um, what did, how did you feel about that scene? Uh, I mean, I, I just think it, like I said, a, a force-fed force -fed scene to just kind of keep JP in it. Um, and I'm still confused how JP doesn't know. He keeps talking about, even in this scene where he talks about how his money is messed up, he said it's due to custodial issues, like trying to get his son. But he doesn't even recognize his own son. I mean, I, what has he really done to fight for his kid other than kind of talk about it to Tommy? Uh, so that made me scratch my head. Um, and then also, like you said, his willingness and eagerness to get into the drug game he seemed like he's supposed to be like this square kind of dude they even talk about it with his father said he was kind of square not hip to things so why is he so intent that on i need to i need to sell drugs instead of figuring out some type of alternative plan um to get whatever this money is so it, it kind of doesn't make sense for the character in my opinion um other than to kind of force him closer to tommy's life long term um and i do appreciate tommy for for saying no this yeah. ain't for you um, you know, I do it because this is all I ever known, but I'm not going to put my brother into it. And this is something that people who really tr truly care about other people should do. If they know you're about to try to make a bad mistake, I'm not going to age you in that mistake. I'm going to do everything I can to keep you away from it. Uh, so I I'm, gl I'm glad that Tommy shut it down, even though it didn't make any sense really in my mind for JP to be so willing and eager to get into it. Yeah, the, the only slight edge I'll give to, to JP is that he, cause he stated, when they kind of had that that kind of open dialogue earlier in the season that like his son was essentially taken from him at a very very young age um and it's like he you know they even made it a point to say that he did fight for his son but it's it's not uncommon for people because i'm not going to make this a gender issue for people to take their children and completely wall them off from from their you know their former spouse mm -hmm. um that's not uncommon at all um and it, it wouldn't shock me if there was that much of a brick wall where it's like not only am i not am i not, excuse me words not only am i not going to let you see your son or daughter i'm not going to send you pictures to see them progress because people again gender gender neutral people can be that spiteful sad but true mm -hmm. um so I, that's the only slight leeway I give, but everything else you said spot on. Um, pacing wise, it makes absolutely no sense for JP to go from um, 
upstanding reformed member of the of the of the neighborhood to yeah i'm trying to get in this drug game with you like that super un unbuilt unearned and rushed and those are all the same things i, I i'm aware of people but it was yeah I'm, I'm right there with you it was definitely definitely a lot and i also am with you where i'm glad that time was just like no like straight up no hard no this isn't happening um Speaking of brothers, we get a, a quick scene between the brothers Samson where they're they're kind of kind of like looking over the fruits of their their prize that they got in that whole, you know, skirmish where they're looking at the money roll in from the territory that they took over. Um, and in the midst of this, we get a real brief conversation where Gennard wants to know why me. You had got you had people that had been in the game and were clearly above me in ranking um before you went in so how did i end up with the keys to the castle and to a degree diamond's kind of he's kind of dodging the question but he he initially i mean he not initially he eventually answers the question of because you're my blood and while i feel like i could see that being a a logical and reasonable like answer Something about the delivery and something about Gennard's response, I wasn't fully sold on whether or not he bought it or if he was second guessing it. What? How did you feel about that exchange? I mean, I think this was kind of build on to the. Or, you know, they did a lot to kind of, I guess, rebuild the brothers' relationship in this. Um, this was another scene that was kind of like fellow to me um, because they had already kind of rebuilt the relationship in the earlier scene. So this was kind of like doubling down on a conversation that they already had. Um, but, you know, logically, it makes the most sense. You'd be a fool to give your power to somebody outside of your family if you can give it to your brother. Because your brother is going to have more of a connection to you, a more of a feeling of protection of you than if you give it to, like, somebody who is just your right-hand man or, or, or somebody who is just ambitious or good work within the group. Uh, so I, I don't think Jannar should really be, like, feeling praise about it uh, because it, it, it just made the most sense. I don't think he has any extra love. Well, I guess he does have extra love for his brother because it works both ways. But I think in, in, in terms of a power play, if I'm going to have to give power over to somebody else, if I have to go away for a while, I'm going to give it to somebody who is family as opposed to somebody who's outside of the family and who may not be as eager to give it back to me once I come home. Indeed, indeed. All right, so from there, we get a, we get a few quick scenes, um, one of which I feel like we've already kind of touched on, and that was... Claudia making her case for her guy Reggie to be a part of this whole uh operation Tommy kind of doubling down mm -hmm. on uh the fact that like no he's he's an outsider uh to us and um I, I do like the little quick exchange where she goes no offense Liliana you're great but how does she get more stake and um you know Tommy being like well she's got skin in the game she's been busted up over this and she put down her money right um anything on that before we move on no no I think you explained it pretty well. Okay. From there, we get another quick uh, scene where D-Mac is out. Um, he's built for this life, but his limit, his hard limit is his father, um, which is something he's a burden he's carrying on his own. So at some point we have to get this face to face uh, one way or another. Um, but he, he kind of goes up to, to Gennard gives, gives him the money back. And is like, yeah, I'm not doing this, which, um, I think it's going to be interesting. It's I think this is where Gennard makes the connection between Tommy and JP. Um, any anything on that? Uh, no, I think like I said, long term because he's going to either start following Tommy himself or find somebody else who's going to do it, and they're going to put him on game as to where he spends his time, who's he spends it with, because he's still looking for a way to take Tommy out. And knowing that he has any type of family in the area is going to be kind of key to that. So uh -huh. I think that's just that's what that, that's what this this scene is setting up long term. Okay. From there, we get a very quick um, surprise for me surprising scene. This was the eyebrow raiser of the episode. We get um, Vic telling Gloria that like, hey, um, just kind of proving more and more like, hey, this is real for me. Mm -hmm. um, I've stood up to my father even further, and um, just kind of making it known that like, yeah, this is this is gonna be. Like, I'm really into this. Right. Uh, we get an attempt on his life. And my pleasant surprise, 
Gloria Shooter. Yeah, that was the best thing about about this particular scene in general. Go in. She was the one that came back with the gun. She was quick to grab it off his hip and return the shots. Um, so maybe we don't know all that we think we know about Glow. Um, because that wasn't the actions of a scared woman or somebody At who hasn't all. been in crazy situations in the past. Because she was too quick uh, to not only grab his pistol uh, and turn it to the protector, but also send shots back. Um, sh- send the shots back. The only thing that kind of triggered me was, I don't know if this is the Serbians trying to get their revenge, is because what he he later goes to tell Senior, or is this Senior trying to scare him away from Glow even further? Because um, I, I wouldn't put it past you. him. Yeah, I was I was thinking the exact same thing, um, but the only the only thing that kind of twisted not twisted but like turned me away from that was how the episode ends. True, true. Which is where we'll which is what we'll get to. Yeah, but I'm you know when I'm, when we yeah. go to recaps, I talk about like in oh the yeah moment, yeah indeed in indeed right I'm right go there ahead. with you go ahead yeah in the moment I was I was on the exact same wavelength as you, um, so the head t- for me the head scratcher of this episode. Um, we get a, a very convenient love interest. Yeah. Ate up a lot of screen time. A whole lot of screen time, uh, for Diamond, uh, meet Adrian. That's Um, her name? Yeah. One thing real quick before we get into it, I I, I do, I'm glad that we got to see the old black man again. Yeah. One of them. At least one. At least one. And I think this, we're going to probably see them again. You know, another (laughs) couple of funny lines. Yeah. I think he said he uh, banged his grandma back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he didn't say it exactly like that, but he He said something similar to it. The recipe is like, Mm -hmm. she gave it to me after I gave it to her. I was like, damn, Rick, you had, I mean, but you could tell Diamond been hearing that forever. Of course, of course. He had a funny scene. Uh, but like I said, like you were saying, this came out of nowhere. He uh, goes to, I don't know, he goes to his diner and I guess he was going in to eat or whatever. And she happened to be sitting in the booth, but he never orders anything to eat. He just kind of tells her, you're in my booth. They have some cute meat flirt stuff. Um, have a couple of two uh, conversations. She shares her food with him. Um, and then they, they say, you know, they they having a, sex. A full on dedicated sex scene. Right. And I was like, this this is something you should be giving us um, Vic and Chloe, you know. Yeah. Because they have a long history, so they should have this passionate love. Make because this was like a this wasn't like what we used on the show. When the show used to some some fucking, this was like some passionate love making. Right, they was long lost lovers who hadn't seen each other in ten years. Um, so so I'm curious to see where they go with this. I'm thinking immediately she's law enforcement. Yeah, Um, right on. Yeah, right there with you. That's my my man. She's law enforcement. She's going deep undercover to try to get Samson again or, or something along those lines because it was just a little bit too convenient and she was just too willing and eager to kind of engage him um, for somebody she had just met. Um, and then, you know, she was also very sh- uh, kind of shady about what she does for work and, and all got a, a mysterious call late at night and had to sneak off. Um, so uh, long term, we'll see what happened, but they did give a lot of screen time for us, a new character, a new introduction and uh, all of a sudden a love interest for diamond kind of out of the blue literally that he's he's all in on mm-hmm. without any reserves i mean i i do appreciate them mentioning that like it you know this is probably his first time since he's been out but like yeah this was this was fast um again that whole pacing issue i don't i don't know may, maybe maybe stars is that wishy-washy because truthfully some of it is just bad show running you With that always, too, you gotta have a concise. Regardless of whether you think you can get a second season or not, you gotta have a way to make these stories make sense if they're exactly they standalones. And a lot of times, power doesn't do that well. Exactly, like this whole thing right now feels like a season two thing. You expand on, like we're at. You got after this episode, you got three more. Wait, four more. Excuse me, math. You got four more. Like, is this the time to bring this element in? You got enough kind of flimsy stuff going on as is um but to introduce this person and immediately make her kind of shaky it's like you're you're gonna you're gonna overdo it on your plate but yeah i was right there with you um a a full dedicated sex scene i was like any second now this will cut to like something else um even got a little vulgar in the dialogue i was like i didn't expect that I honestly didn't uh, hear him talk to each other. I uh, yeah, she was asking if he came. I was like, or oh, about really? to come. I was like, wow. Nah, nah. Um, I wasn't expecting that. And I watch often with subtitles. So I, I didn't expect him to spell it out either. Um, but yeah, it was 
it was a lot. Um, but super, super rushed. This is almost as slightly ridiculous as Tommy meeting Glow at the bar in episode one and going back and having sex. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's, that's, a, that's a little different in the sense that, you know, you knew what that was. Sometimes you do meet yeah. somebody at night and just go home and have fun with them. It was the way the scene was shot as if they were long oh, right. lost lovers as opposed this was, to yeah. just people who met and just kind of connect. Because, you know, that happens. Sometimes you meet somebody in the day and you might hook up with them that night. Um, but it don't be passionate love making like these two was going through. So that's what, yeah. that's the part that really threw me off. And then yeah, them well, being so deeply like, cause then the next night she was making them dinner, or she met him in the street and was taking him back in the house. So it, it just was rushed and it didn't make sense. But long term, yeah. we'll see what you know. I'm hoping there's some type of payoff to it. Right. They definitely gave it the same amount of detail they would have given a ghost or Tasha, ghost and Tasha, and or a ghost and Angie love scene. Yeah. Um, I don't even think Tommy's love scenes have gotten that much detail um, in the history of his, his existence in this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot. Um, and we find out that she's already like scouting him. Um, so, yeah, they got to they got to make they got to clean that up. So while this is going on, they recruit Dr. Lauren Williams, who is our black scientist um, off the street. This poor lady gets ran up on by a white man, a white woman, and a woman of, oh, God, Hispanic descent? Uh, yeah, probably. It, it I, Again, no disrespect. I mean, she's um, definitely Latina. I don't know yeah, what and exactly it's like, I don't, heritage I, it is. But yeah, it's definitely. hard to keep up, and it's, it's not because we don't pay attention, but also because we, you know, we don't, it don't happen that often. So I hope we're using the right terminology. But, uh, yeah, she gets ran up on. With her with her groceries, she had pop tarts sticking out the back. I I felt bad for the lady, um, but she gets quote unquote recruited, and um, we see that the new distros have been given. Well, one of the new distros has tried their taste test. We don't hear from the from the Jewish butcher, but my only issue, and they have to, for me, they they got to dial it back a little bit, is the almost the movie selling of how good the drug is Mm -hmm. it's like some willy wonka shit like as soon as it touches their nose or their 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 lips or whatever their eyes dilate and it's like they're seeing you know the magic elephants from dumbo it's it's a little too over the top it's like i i'm cool with them feeling that after a minute or so but it's like instant it's it's cartoonish to me um how did you feel about that as well as um, go on into Claudia's got another person tailing her, i.e. Reggie. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I agree with you when it comes to like, uh, but I mean, when you snort drugs, it does it happens a lot quicker uh, than most means of doing drugs, smoking drugs, uh, snorting drugs. I don't know about tasting drugs. I don't know if you get that immediate impact from just like edibles. Most time with edible stuff, it takes a lot longer, but maybe because it's a powder. I don't know. I, you know, I'm not a drug expert. Um, but yeah, I mean, going into the next scene, we kind of get Claudia. I thought somebody was going to pull uh, her move that she always pulls on Tommy. I was thinking the same her thing. Off the road. Yeah. Um, but we, 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 we learned it's Freddie. Um, he's not upset that she's ducking her, her calls. Reggie. Um, what was it? Reggie. Oh, uh, why'd I call him Freddie? I don't know. But we understand <laughs> that, that, he, that she, he's very upset that she's been ducking his call and not getting access to the product. Um, but we quickly learned that all that family shit don't mean much to him because he was ready to beat on her. And hurt her just because she didn't want to be in business with him any longer. Um, so, I mean, it was a, a, a nut. Uh, he, he started going crazy on her. And she showed some fight, though. So, I definitely yeah. give her her credit. Um, Indeed. She's not one to be taken lightly. And she caught her second body. Uh, so, yeah. what do you think about that? You know, the whole Reggie all of a sudden being a nut uh, and everything associated with that. Um, one uh, An issue that this this series, not just this particular ep, uh, like this particular book, but the series as of late has had this issue of introducing characters and kind of giving them these false hopes of being longtime entities just to kill them. Um, they did the same thing with Uncle Frank in book two, where it's just like, okay, this guy might be an issue. And by the end of the episode, he was dead. Um, they really played up him, Reggie and Claude's relationship when we're first introduced to him just for him to throw that out the window 
and not even get the chance to like try to beg for his life or anything like that, he's immediately killed. Um, and again, we get another another miraculous marksman where she gets to drop on him. Um, I still don't know how she managed to slash his eye, but she gets a hold of his gun and perfectly shoots him in his other eye. Um, of course, delivering the one liner of um, him going like you blinded me and her going like almost. Mm -hmm. um, but I did enjoy the the full circle moment of them going right back to the <laughs> burying another dead body. Um, I personally feel like this is how the, st the, the episode should have ended. I thought it was going to. That. Yeah, that, that was the perfect. Yeah, that was the perfect mic drop. Mm -hmm. um, you and, you know. You could have easily put the other the other three scenes ahead of it. Um, but while this is going on, we get we get Vic shook up telling his father that, like, hey, somebody tried to take a hit out on me um, and him having to somewhat confess to his father that he he's involved in the Serb hit. Uh, we get what she spoke on earlier. Diamond is full on sprung because he's walking around outside this lady's house. And this was like more so. When I started to, I already was suspicious, but then it was like, when we're introduced to her, she, she's apparently getting her day started. But I'm like, what does she do where she can just run into this guy when her day is supposed to be allegedly starting and then immediately throw it away to have dinner and or sex with him? Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, what, you know, let's go ahead and let's just go ahead and get to the part where we find out she's like working with the feds or something like that. Um. But the scene ends with, again, I feel like you could have bumped the scene up ahead of the Claudia thing and it would have been much better. Um, but Papa Flynn showing that he's still got it. Runs up on these guys at the dinner table. Kills two. Delivers his message that like, hey, if any of you guys take another shot at my family again. This ain't nothing compared to what's going to happen to you, which I thought was very good. And the fact that despite he's been a horrible father since he's been introduced, he's still down. You know, he's still not going to spare any expense or any level of ruthlessness when it comes to protecting his family. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it showed that he still can get his fingers dirty um, and still is skilled. And, and you see why he got to be where he is. Uh, when it comes to being the leader of the Flynn family. Um, but, we, you know, we got to see what the long-term ramifications are going to be. All the Serbs, the Serbs are already mad. Um, and this is just kind of adding a little extra sauce on top of it. Uh, so is this what's going to lead? And, and, but it's also kind of splitting the show because now it's like two different shows because before the Serbs were like totally focused on Tommy, uh, is it going to be the Serbs, is this going to push Tommy back to working with the Flynn family again? Or is this going to be like a separate war outside of Tommy's involvement at all? And um, which we saw kind of on um, uh, uh, the other power, power two, where you, you know, Tyreek is heavily involved with the Monet, not Mon with uh, the Tahada family, but the Tahadas also do stuff independently of, of, of the main character of the show. Um, so I don't, I wonder if that's what they're going to leave with this show. Are they going to keep it? Of course, Tommy will all be the star, but are you going to give the Flynn outside storylines that have nothing to do with Tommy? And how does that going to play out? Um, so I, I like the ending. I think it was a fun ending. I think it was a, a really good ending. I wish, they, like you said, I wish I thought it was going to end with just them back at the burial and it just kind of being a full circle moment. Um, but it was still a cool scene. Um, as much as the father is a asshole, it does show that he well, he's the only one that can bully his kids. And he's not going to take lightly the outside people doing the same thing. Indeed, indeed. Um, I got to echo all those sentiments. Um, I'm very curious to see where all these things go, because as you said, now that now that Flynn, Papa Flynn has directly struck out, struck at the Serbs, they now know that he at the very least is involved. Um, I'm curious as if to like this is going to give CBI um, even more room to be like, hey, we ain't had nothing to do with that. Um, lying obviously um so you know don't bring that over here um because now the flins can't deny it mm -hmm. um if, if they find out that cbi is involved it's from vic dropping dime um so that's going to be an interesting development uh because yeah things are about to get even hotter after this uh transgression um 
But yeah, I, I really just have to really go out on like I think that would have made the show even better if you if you go full circle and you end the episode exactly the way it started. Um, that's the you know, that's the stuff that you I feel like that one change, even though the, the episode itself wasn't the best, you can make a case for like submit this episode for like some sort of award or something like that, just because a lot of shows don't do that that often anymore. Um just that much nuance would have been greatly appreciated on my end. Um, but yeah, we're going to see where things go. We got another episode next week. It looks like things are going to be moving forward with Dahlia. Um, and we're going to see how a lot of these moves that took place in this particular episode pay off. Um, we got Dahlia being introduced to CBI. Uh, we got DMAC uh, allegedly, well, assumingly, it looks like he's going to be put either back on Tommy's tail or he's going to be pressed for what he found watching Tommy. Um, and Tommy playing both sides or on, honestly multiple sides of him trying to act like he's not behind Dahlia because that was going to be an issue uh, that they spoke on earlier that no one needs to know that Claudia, especially Claudia, um, or Tommy are the ones moving this stuff. Um, but it should be a fun ride. You got any fi final thoughts before we get out of here? Nah, man. Just looking forward to next week. See how they're going to tap some of these loose ends. They, uh, well, not loose ends, but how they're going to move forward some of these storylines that they introduced in this particular episode. Indeed, indeed. Well, as always, you know where to find us. He is the PLP Podcast or conversations with carlos d wherever you find great podcasts i am off the clock podcast o-f-f-t-h-a clock podcast wherever you find everything else be sure to like comment share subscribe i of course am one half of your host triple d and he is this is carlos d we'll see you guys next time